Tell me something. Why is it so hard for you to kill this man? He knew every move of mine before I made it. I'd have him right there to take the shot. I wanna be forever young. And he'd be gone like a ghost. Do you really wanna live forever? Who is he? I was recently in New York to visit Oscar-winning filmmaker Ang Lee as he prepared for the release of Gemini Man, his new thriller starring Will Smith from Paramount and Skydance, which pushes the boundaries of motion pictures in terms of production, visual effects, and exhibition. The film stars Smith as Henry, a 51-year-old assassin hunted by his 23-year-old clone. To enable Smith and his younger self to appear on screen together, the visual effects team created a groundbreaking, fully CG younger Smith that is an emotive lead actor in this film. Lee also continued to explore the potential of digital projection by making the movie in 4K, 3D at 120 frames per second while releasing the film in various formats. Today we talk with Lee, who also directed Oscar-winning films including Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Brokeback Mountain, and Life of Pi. I'm Carolyn Jardina. Welcome to The Hollywood Reporter's Behind the Screen. Ang, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So when you're working on your productions, you always keep the focus of technology on service to the story. So let's start there. What attracted you to this story and what questions did you want to explore? The element of the story really attracts me. Imagine a man struggle with the image of himself, not just the idea, but your accuracy and cinema, which we never really seen it before. <laughs> When you put the two images together, whether work alone or argue, even fighting, now this is an action movie, what would that be like? And then to the extension, that is really existential question. You know, why do we exist if there's a clone? Are we all clones? We came from somewhere. <laughs> we're duplicates of somebody. Are we conformed to society so much that we're kind of going that way anyway. So all sort of existential and social and moral uh, elements is inherited in that subject matter. Plus, um, I, I just fancy if the two of them are raised differently, there's the issue of nurture versus nature. You know, with different upbringing, would it be the, still the same result or, or not? When it's not, when you trace down to who they really are in the bottom, wouldn't that be a wonderful story? So it's just internally, I feel the dramatic outer and inner conflict. And also I would imagine that to do a movie like this, you want a guy who get to pay big bucks for the last 30 years. <laughs> There's probably only a few that I can invite to make the movie. So you also bring back the time that they represent so it's a fascinating idea. You know, we can always make up stories, but what the story is about, the essence of the story, the elements, the conflict, what clashes in, in, in the course of a story, I think we have plenty of interesting elements. Just thinking about Will Smith play his younger self yes. and kick his own butt. <laughs> 
so what's been getting a lot of attention is you've created this photo real digital Will Smith. And an emotive and believable digital human is such an extraordinary high bar. And in this case, if it didn't work, the movie didn't work. So would you talk about how this was created? You reteamed with Bill Westenhofer, your Oscar-winning visual effects supervisor from Life of Pi. Uh, you worked with Weta Digital. But tell us about this steep challenge. Well, when I first met with Skydance's David Allison, it, it was him uh, in his office. He pitched me the idea, which <laughs> intrigued me right away. I remember he said, I want to be the first. Uh, the technology, the story is the ideas being around for more than a couple of decades. He said, I think time is ripe. It's within reach. The technology is within reach. Nobody say they can't, but it feels like. I have a strong feeling that he can be the first to do it <laughs> because I started with Hulk. That was nearly 20 years ago. Right. I believe it was time to try a digital human figure. It was very hard, a lot harder than you can expect it. And then I did Life of Pi with that tiger. I think that was the next level of study uh, something live and create digital life and make it perform in its own way. You know, I never try to have a man playing tiger. I really get down to every detail of a tiger behavior and behave and think like a tiger. So the success of that really encouraged me to keep on going this direction. This seems to be the next logical step. You know, you move three notches up to do human. <laughs> but I know in human, we're a lot more critical because we know so well. Yeah, it's, it's us. But in my head, it's workable. I know it's not just science. It's like a, there's a methodology that you're seeing it, you know it's working. It's not. It's shot by shot. It's absolutely using technology as a tool for art. And I know you've got to spend like years just shot by shot. Like keep working until it looks about fitting your imagination. It's not just science. I knew that. But we have the will to do that. And we did take a leap of faith. There are a lot of ways you could have, quote, de-aged your character by cleaning up. But to be very clear, this was different. You created a fully digital version of Will Smith. So, Yeah, I think you can do de-aging, just brush away what age do to you. And therefore, the detail of that. <laughs> and, and other than wrinkle, you brush away a lot of performance as well in detail. And... I think you can do that for a short period of time and fool the eyes in terms of telling a story. But if that's the character in one of your lead, if that's the person who drives the story and you're watching it with our kind of media, which is uh, 3D, higher frame rate and higher resolution. Which can uh, be unforgiving. Uh, that, that just doesn't work for us. I spent some time convinced studio because this is a bigger effort and more unknown. Nobody's seeing it, <laughs> even in 2D movies. So, you know, it's a big unknown. But I get to convince them that you have to start from the bottom. You have to build that character, build intensity, build the detail, and really study human details and the performance that we driven by our actor. And everything throw together and create that character. I just believe that that's what you have to do if that's your lead character. More subtle, Junior's voice is younger. Would you tell us about how you approached his voice and the sound? 
when we get older, not our our muscle change, uh, our bone change, our teeth change, our voice change as well. Usually, when you get older, your sound sounds bassier and huskier. We thought we were going to use AI or something to analyze, but that, that never the result never showed up. But anyway, fortunately, we have great, great uh, mixers. So in the mixing room, we tweak uh, the, those knobs and found the right voice for it, which is less bassy, but still like the old macho, young, youthful Henry that has a clear voice. I think when you see them coexist, even they're talking back and forth, you know two people are talking. When young Wilsmiths talk to the older ones, I, I believe uh, we're quite successful in tweaking the voice. So tell us about the collaboration with Will Smith in creating his performance. There's nothing more valuable than his genuine performance. That's the best signal we can get it to start to work with. And for that, I, I do very regular kind of a director working with actors, break the, the character down to different parts and see which part of his um, experience in life that matches it and how we use it. And then blend it together and start anew, like he's a new person. So did you record performance capture with him? Yes. Two ways. If, if he's the only one in the scene, uh, the character of Junior, if he's the only one in the scene, we shoot him with dots with gears on and custom. For that, we can just do head replacement because we shoot and motion capture at the same time. We put a lot of detectors and small cameras in the set. And then we shoot multi-times with him, without him, or just the set, like layers and layers. The shooting day is really slow. And then when he and Junior, both of them in the same shot, we have a standing for him, a real actor, not Mm -hmm. just a light study. A real actor perform his part. And then after we wrap, everything wrap, we had a session of motion capture. And he played again. He watched it and reinterpret takes after takes and all of those is there are references and then 500 people (laughs) spent two years (laughs) right so in the sequence when will fights will will smith was performing with a stuntman then yeah for those sequences yeah when when will is in the fighting scenes if things not too difficult flip flop getting punched and kicked or some high kick is too difficult or kind of a, a stun. Other than that, we, we try to have him play as much as we can uh, with stuntmen. But for Junior, uh, the other character, because he only fight in a movie, he doesn't fight anybody except himself. We motion capture him. We have stuntmen do all the act. Then he watch the, the requirements. Then he duplicate that and doing all kinds of nuances from muscle to facial expression. And then we put everything into animation. Very much unlike dramatic acting, in action scenes actually we did something new, which is we keep the basic beats, but in between the beats we alter some movement. So we have arm scrabbles and messy movement bad intentions, quick reactions, punch connections, kicking contact, real contact, and reactions, uh, they all look very real, and miss, near miss, 
scraping and all that kind of a dirty stuff so we can put it in. You're just trying to rattle me. I'm trying to save you! What are you, 23? Hey! Let's elaborate a bit on the choreography. Mm-hmm. You often used wide shots for those sequences, so you really saw the full choreography, which was fantastic. What was your approach? It was a little different than what we often see in action movies. I think uh, regular action scenes, because it's stropey and <laughs> two-dimensional, so the way they pump your adrenaline, get you excited, rely very heavily on speed. But that's not quite true with our 3D filmmaking. In the 3D filmmaking, you see, especially with a higher frame rate, you see everything. You see expression, you see the drama, you see strategy. Sometimes you rather s- slow things down and, uh, and provide very busy details to get people excited. So in principle, I would work on longer shots and wider shots, and you see a lot more. Of course, there's always close-up and <laughs> fast movement. And all those things still work. And think cam attitude and all that stuff, it still work. But sometimes the master shots will see a lot of details. You, you absorb a lot of inf- information into your head. And playing that way is, is really taking advantage of the media. With that in mind, would you talk about how you approached and shot the sequence where they have the motorcycle chase through Cartagena, where Junior is chasing Henry? Mm-hmm. There are three major action sequences. Uh, they were all approached differently. Well, two of them start location scouting, and I, I would go scout with uh, the fight choreographer. We start fancy, how do we stage? What happened? And where do you put that motorcycle? How did it fall? Blah, 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 blah. And then we work on the detail of the small detail of skirmishes and details. So the first step is location scouting. For the hand-to-hand is regular stuntman tryout to do a number. Bear in mind that it's going to look more real. You know, when you animated it, what would it be? So we shoot it from a diff- slightly different angle, a different approach, but still stuntman have to work it out for you. you know, there's no other way to do it up to now. <laughs> Maybe in the future will change. And the next step is bring the animator along with the fight choreographer and stuntman to the real location and work things out. We videotape it and we describe the scene in our fantasy or work it out on the set. And then they animate it and we have the previous. So by the time we made point of our pre-production, we already have it animated. So you actually can see it and we can have production meetings how how to go about it or alter it and you know, it takes a lot of planning to do this kind of movie. And then finally test there's shots. You just have to test like motorcycle chips, what equipment, what might be the problem, what works, what don't work. It is a physical test. We have a like a three months of testing period because we use new media. Not just aesthetically, we need to test, you know, the look we need to test, different movement, we need to see how it looks on camera, equipment we need to test. We did three months of test. 
And we did something quite unusual. We scout like six months before we shoot, which is very different from a regular production. So a lot of discussion, meeting, planning, previous, and then the shooting days, though. You shot on location in Cartagena and Hungary and Atlanta, correct? Right. Uh, we we start out um, in Georgia. There we have the final action sequence, uh, which has two parts. The street fights, uh, gunfire in a small town called Glenville near Savannah. And then we move to Cartagena, Colombia, just do the beautiful <laughs> chasing sequence. And then we end our shooting in Budapest, mostly set scenes, uh, other than some locations. We did the studio shot, the stage works there, which includes the catacomb fight, which is the second sequence, and also the final fight in the hardware store. Stop right there! Who are you? I don't want to shoot you! Fine. Don't shoot me. Mind if I shoot you? Did I show you a picture of me? Yeah, you look old. You started to experiment with the potential of digital cinema when you made Life of Pi, and then you continued with Billy Lynn's long halftime walk. What drove your decision to make this particular movie in 3D, 4K at 120 frames per second? Um, one thing leads to the next. I stumbled into Pi. I, I love that book. I want to make it a movie. I didn't know in a philosophical point how to crack that book. I thought maybe I need another dimension. So the uh, irrational number will lead to a circle. It was fancy. But anyway, I just fancy doing a 3D movie, see what the existence like, the existence of that media looks like. Uh, but once I got into that, I realized I have to use digital. Otherwise, uh, the two eyes won't sync with each other. You have to go digital. That's, that was my first time. And then from that, I I realized my mind got sharper and the movie is too strobey. I cannot see expression. And I was doing a flow movie that leads to the higher frame rate with Billy, which is the next movie. Uh, I began to introduce more depth Life of Pi, I did very shallow, very small volume of 3D. Because once the volume is bigger, it feels very strobey. So thank God I was encouraging. It was a success. But I, I, I won't stop there because the next is higher frame rate. Higher frame rate, I start from 48 and I knew about 60. Then I knew about the Caton system versus dual system. And eventually, I lead to the dual system of 120. During that process, Doc Trumbull, kind of a grandfather of higher frame rate, uh, taught me quite a bit, lead me through the history of how these things develop. Then we went on to discover the 100 dual system. And then I found things look different. Uh, a lot of things sort of fall apart <laughs> when I know about filmmaking which leads to me to think that eventually if I want to do that, I have to change a lot about filmmaking. The language, how I stage, how we perform, even the way we talk, art department, 
cinematography has to be changed a lot. Now, this is the first time you worked with Oscar-winning cinematographer yeah. Dion Beebe. What did the two of you discuss as far as the approach you wanted to take to Gemini Man? So I show him some Billy Lynn. It's funny, when I interview him and I ask him why was he interested, he said, I just fly all the way here to Savannah. We're in Savannah already in Prip. So I just want to see with the result of Billy Lynn, why do you still want to do it? <laughs> do it. That's what I said. So uh, let me show you something. So I show him a section of building. He said, oh, I got it, I got it. Then we start really headed off talking. I think you have to reinvent lighting because half the way we light is to create a missing dimension in a flat movie. You know, you have to create that depth. That's why you use shadow, you use background. Now you're giving the real dimension and sufficient information. You cannot like this silly lighting. It looked really phony. And he agreed. And we start talking about doing tests, create different way of lighting. Of course, it's more complicated. We did a lot of tests. And another thing I proposed to him, I said, I think I want to use a lot of day for night. I cannot shoot night for night unless it's in a total lightable place in a wider area, day for night with lighting and post-treatment. That's a pretty daring proposal to a cinematographer. But he went along with it. We tried many other things like double exposure, you know, a whole bunch of crazy things. <laughs> um, we tried and I'm glad I think the movie looked great. Even the first try, we, we hit a lot of right things, I believe. You made that comment that you said to him, you know, you saw Billy Lynn and you want to shoot this. So what were the things you wanted to change after learning what you learned from that experiment? Well, Billy Lynn was just the first try. In my mind, if this is a new media, a new way of movie making, it takes 20,000 filmmakers spent 20 years to figure out. <laughs> How could I figure everything out in one movie? Even I do. People wouldn't know what they're watching. They're not trained talking about the whole movie-watching culture, the whole ecosystem. There's like no way. I know I'll be hit a lot, but I'm still curious to see what it is to discover. And when he saw it, he, he knew it right away. He just never get a chance to see the format that was intended. You know, it was a flat 24 frames when he saw it. But now he had a taste of it, he saw the real thing. He said, oh, yeah, I understand. It, it is interesting. It's fascinating. With Jim Cameron working on the Avatar sequels now, and he has said he plans on experimenting with high frame rates as well. Is, is there a culture of directors who are interested in this? Do you share knowledge? No. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Too early. Well, I certainly didn't talk to him. I talked to Doc Trumbull. He's alone in the woods. He has a studio in a farm. Right. And I've he's been trying something and make short films and doing his test, willing to share and creating his theaters. I, I've been there. And then there's, of course, Peter Jackson tried once with Habit at 48, and then he stopped. It's kind of a mystery because people didn't react well. Then there was me trying 120 4K with Billy Lynn. I didn't really get to play here, and I still try. I read James Cameron is uh, going 48, but, you know, he, he probably hasn't done that yet. He's shooting something more. I'm sure whatever James Cameron do is really exciting. He has, a, unlike me, he has a scientific mind. 
I, I just love to see those images. Somebody figure out <laughs> for me. I, I actually thinking those things. That that's all I know. That above twenty four, we know television. The new television goes sixty four k, so it's already ahead of us. And actually, quite the opposite is is a kind of a culture floating around movies best in twenty four and on film. Twenty five years ago, your father took my blood, and he cloned me. He made you from me. He chose me because there's never been anybody like me, and he knew one day I was going to get old, and then you'd step in. He's been lying to you the whole time. He told you you were an orphan, and of all the people in the world to come after me, why would he send you? Because I'm the best. You are obviously not the best. How do you think TV advancements influence the way we think about the theatrical experience? I don't know. I don't give that much thought. I thought if television is so good, both technically and probably content-wise, at least more freedom than ours, and then why do we go to theater unless it's a ten-pole movie, some superhero like ten-pole movies? I think movie ought to do more than that. You know, to me, movie theater is our new temple. <laughs> it's our spiritual <laughs> life. It has to be something. Of an unusual experience, I think the experience, the new experience, is very important to keep that culture alive. I would like to change and see how people can get excited. And that's one of the reasons you're experimenting. Yeah, because I found this new. I'm I'm excited. I hope people get excited. If not once, twice, and try it again. I, I think it's a logical next step to me. You know, it's just take time to do well. Take time to accept it. When I look at it now, my eyes get used to it. It's it's really pretty. I think our eyes like information. When the information is sufficient, when you have the depth, when you have the contrast, I think we like details. With more details, we're happier. At least to me, it's more relaxed and more focused, and it's happier. After production, you actually. Built a facility here in New York、right. to finish the movie. Would you describe the facility that you built and what the requirements were? From Billy Lynn on, we at at the time when we prep Billy Lynn, we, we realized there's nobody to process our dailies. You know, we try something at only sixty, not even one hundred twenty four k. It took them ten days. They did it wrong. That was the biggest laugh in New York. Said、so、that's not good. And we're already in pre-production, so this genius we introduced to us, Ben Jove, who work on supervising the equipment. So anywhere from 3D camera, how you put it together, all the way how to process daily, all the way to projection. So he's kind of that, putting every department together, string them up. He's that guy, and he convinced us, and therefore. Us to the studio that it make more sense. We just buy our equipment and and sell it after. <laughs> we we try our own lab. So from that movie, we did our own lab. It's right next to me where we're shooting. We bring the lab along with it. We build a lab and our screening room, and then in post production we bring the lab there. And with this is. Twice as big as Berlin, so we moved to a different place where we have a bigger lab. It's a huge. <laughs> <laughs>、right. 
bang and tell how many terabytes <laughs> we're handling. I'm sure someday is easy to service, but right now we have to do it on our own. And Ben is the one who's running it. He's that one guy with the one assistant, and that's our lab. Well, now the public will be able to see the movie in various ways. Would you describe the different options that will be available to viewers? For now, because we shot in 120, so we're going to release in 60 and 24. Uh, we're only going to do two versions for most part of the world, except China. 3D and 2D. 3D will be 60 frames. We only offer 60 frames, which is blended down from 120. We call it 60 plus in 2K. And then above that, there's Adobe Vision, which is uh, even better. Uh, they can run 120, and they're in Adobe Vision, high dynamic range. So it's really pretty. So that's like the premier experience here. In 60 frames, most of the theaters is a single projector. There are a few brands that single projectors. You have to use the Caden, the intermittent system. That we license the method from Doc Trumbull, who is the name I mentioned, who's kind of a grandfather <laughs> of this. And he has a system called Magi. So we use that with our 120 blending to it. So that's the majority of the 60 you're going to see in 3D. I, I think you have a good taste of the 120. No, it, it's in 2K, not 4K. And also with 2K, the, the level above it is 3D in Dolby's theaters with Dolby Vision. They can run at 120 2K with their beautiful high dynamic range. It's quite pretty. And their sound system. So that would be like the premiere in the States and, and many places in the world. And then we still have a 2D version, which is the improved 24 frames. That's 2D. In China, it's different. They only play 3D. They have many versions. They have even dubbed versions, and <laughs> this version and that versions. They have both a dual system, and they have a Dolby system. They have a Magi system. They have all of them. A lot of the theaters will play that. Then there's a company called Huasha. They invested in Christie to create what I call the whole shebang. With Christie and GDC to develop the CG yes. projection, which is... GDC, Christie, and Huasha's uh, investment. We create the, what I think is the new baseline for digital cinema, which is 120 frames per second, double system, 4K, 28-fold lamper with laser module through the glasses, both eyes, and some high dynamic range, all of them in one box. And you're working closely with them to develop the system, aren't you? Yeah, that's like my idea package. <laughs> so what else would you like to tell viewers who are going to see the movie? Well, I would encourage people to see 3D over 2D there'll be thousands of theater who can play that at 60. Uh, most of an Magi, uh, you know, Doc Trumbull system. And then I hope you still, you, you, you can really enjoy the story. You get to see Will Smith fighting Will Smith. I hope all formats, and by the way, every format I deliver, I have to 
recreate it, the look of it, to make the best out of it. Because when you photograph 3D and 2D, it's different. So in 2D, you have to make adjustments to spunk it up to have the, the pleasure we used to enjoy. So every version is a recreation, aesthetically. You learn so much every time you make a movie. What are your takeaways from this film? There's a lot more to learn. <laughs> each learning, each answer is the beginning of, it opened up a lot of more questions. I, I think the language, how we tell story can take a different form. So the experience is somewhat different than linear. I think we can open up our third eye, so to speak and be immersive in and out of the story and from different angle. Within a shot, we can create different focal point. I hope we can see more. Once the third eye is open, I think our eyes can be quite greedy. Our heart can be greedy for emotion and thoughts. So there's a lot more to learn. I will try more on the action, continue to develop a language action movie how can you go about it so it's more real while you're still choreographing it? Aesthetically, I want to find, I'm beginning to do it, but I want to find the next level of uh, virtual production, whether it's physically creating a set or set extension. How can you make it more believable? It's a wonderful new world. I'm full of curiosity. Thank you so much for joining us today. Again, thank you for having me. Good to talk with you. Thank you, Carolyn.